three, two, one, boom. We're back. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. This is episode 203 of Kicking It With The King. My name is Gabriel Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. We are back. It is September 27th, 2019. Friday, September 27th, 2019. We're back. Coming off a great episode on Tuesday. Two podcasts in one week. Yet again, I think we did the same similar thing last week, which was very exciting. It's always good to do two, two excuse me. It's always exciting to do two shows in one week. I, that was like a tongue twister. It was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, like I said, I didn't even have my notes or anything like that until like maybe 10 minutes ago. I wrote them down. Just quickly wrote them down on this, this empty card that I had. I don't know, it's like some mail or something, like like a postcard or whatever the fuck you call it, envelope. I wrote down the notes just real quickly because I was going to freehand it, but I just wanted to make sure because like it's the morning time and I wanted to, uh, like, I wanted to just, you know, not forget to write anything down. Like I wanted to write down everything that I was sure that I wanted to talk about and, and things that we were, we were going to talk about and just these things that have happened in the last few days in the world of mixed martial arts and just other new things that we haven't covered yet that would be exciting to cover so that's what we did like i said welcome in guys um we are available on spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcast google play music podcast and all the other major podcast providers ladies and gentlemen anywhere you get your podcast we are available you will not miss out you will not miss a single episode Everything is all in one feed. You don't have to go to different feeds. You don't have to subscribe to different in different areas. We are all available. Kicking It With The King is available all in one spot. Every single edition of the show, every single thing that I put out all goes to one feed. So you guys are lucky. Like I said, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GTheKingMMA. Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez. Folks, got a great show today. Like I said, it's a Friday. So for most people, it's the last day of work or, or last day of school, depending on who you are. And you're about to start the weekend. What are you going to do for the weekend? Everyone's about to hang out and relax and get fucked up and do whatever else people do. Um, there's some fights this weekend, a lot of fights. So I, I know like a lot of hardcore fight fans know exactly what they're going to be doing this weekend. As do I. I always do. I mean, like I said, the train never stops in the world of mixed martial arts. If you're like an avid mixed martial arts fan, the world, I mean, not avid, excuse me, like a hardcore, dedicated fight fan, then that means like the whole, the whole week, every single week, there's always something going on, always a news trending, always something to talk about. And I kind of attest that to being the fact that I can put out shows every single week from the very, very, very beginning, since I very started. Because of the fact that there's always news. There's fact that there's social media. There's fact that, you know, this sport has evolved a lot in as well as technology, as well as social media. So, I mean, social media gives a better avenue to cover the sport a lot more. A lot more deeper. A lot, to a point where millions of people around the world can access and see news and read about stuff and, you know, read fights, read, does anything to do with the fights and stuff, everything's covered, all the media does a really amazing job at covering a lot of this stuff, and now, obviously, the sport is mainstream, so it makes it to where it's uh, a lot better, 
obviously, and a lot more well-known around the world, as well as all these other foreign countries and stuff, too, so it's really cool, and obviously, like I said, it's been trending a lot, so... Like I said, it's good to be back, ladies and gentlemen. We got a great show. Um, quickly get into today's lineup. I know in the past episodes and stuff, I'm always like, let's get into today's lineup and what we're gonna be talking about and everything we're recovering. And I end up talking for like thirty minutes. I mean, there was one episode. I think it was like a few episodes back. I was like talking for like thirty straight minutes before I even got to the list. So it was it was pretty funny. Like. I get so distracted sometimes. I mean, we digress a lot, but that's the story of this podcast. And I actually literally got done talking with someone about that the other day. I'm like, I know. Talking about, I was like, oh, I was talking about smoking weed on the podcast. Like, I've done that a numerous amounts of time. Well, for me, it was a vape pen or the the CBD pen or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I say it's smoking weed in general or vaping. But, you know, you get those two common questions. Oh. Are you talking about the actual vape, like the tobacco vape that people are dying over or whatever that's trending in the news? It's supposed to be like the most dangerous thing ever. Or are we talking about the CBD pens? So that's what that was the thing. But for me, what I said when I was talking about what I was reiterating to you is the fact that sometimes when I do the show, I don't. I mean, I, I do. I am high. But sometimes I don't. I mean, sometimes when I just really want to think and let my mind flow and digress and talk about all these different topics or talk about one fighter or something and all of a sudden go into his history and then maybe mention someone else during that time and, you know, just completely get off topic and have to really circle back to what I was originally talking about. I mean, I've done that numerous amounts of times, but, you know, it's kind of like a narrative of this podcast. It's kind of like a trend and a tradition because you also spit more knowledge and talk about a lot of other things too. So it's pretty, it's pretty, um, amazing and stuff i mean it's pretty cool like i said i'm not mad at that i mean you don't have to stay uh stay structured i guess i mean you do but you don't have to stay like stick to the schedule or anything like that especially if you're dropping knowledge in other areas too so i don't see anything wrong with that but um like i said we're about to be on our way to digressing again but today's lineup um it's been in the news though um a fight we just talked about last week the whole Stevens versus Rodriguez. You know the all, everything we covered it all last week in the last two episodes. I did that special on um, post UFC Mexico City, and then on Tuesday's episode we talked a lot more about 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 it in depth between both fighters and you know how chaotic the world would go if they didn't rebook this fight. Um, we're not going to cover every single thing we talked about when it comes to Stevens, uh, Jeremy Stevens and, and Yair Rodriguez, but we're just, you know, the main thing is it got rebooked for Boston co-main event on the Chris Weidman versus Dominic Reyes fight, uh, fight card. So that um, anxiety was put to rest for me because I was like, that would be chaotic if that fight never was able to come together again. Because we only, only got 15 seconds last time. So it's a co-main event. I do believe it is three rounds. I don't think it will be five rounds, especially in a non-title fight and nor a non-main event. So I think it's three rounds, unfortunately. But um, it, it, I don't know if it will have the same impact as if it did in Mexico City. Because honestly, even, even if this fight happened in Mexico City, it, it, it was, it was going to be like a huge fan reaction, obviously. You've seen those crazy fans in Mexico City, right? Those people were, were rowdy and crazy, but you know who, who knows what would happen if they had seen an excellent fight, a fantastic fight. Would they have still thrown beers? Would they have still thrown bottles in the octagon? I don't know. 
Who knows? These people are crazy. Some these fight fans are ruthless. We talked about it last week. Or uh, last not last week, but last episode. I'm still used to saying last week because we do one episode per week usually. But since we've been doing um like more often and stuff, so it makes it like confusing and stuff. But like I said, the fans are crazy. The fans are ruthless. Um, unfortunately, it'll be three rounds. So who knows how this fight's gonna fare? I mean, we've seen it. Fifteen seconds of it. A couple kicks right off the bat. Boom. Eye poke. Boom, fight's over. But um, now I think that they've both prepared for each other. The training camp's done. The hard part is done. I think he can just train and, you know, keep his weight down and really focus on the weight. And, you know, just a couple of little other preparations and stuff. It, 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 essentially, if you really want to think about Jeremy Stevens or Yaya Rodriguez, just think of, pretend the fight in Mexico City didn't happen. And you just got to wait a couple more weeks for another great fight. And you get to see the part two. And, and that's really good on the UFC for, for booking that fight again. Like I said, I, I don't know what the fuck would have happened for me mentally. I mean, I think the MMA world would have gone crazy if you're a hardcore fight fan, considering the fact that how exciting that fight was, how excited people were for that fight, and how crazy they went for that fight when it didn't happen. So obviously there's a huge generated interest, and a lot of the Mexican fans, a lot of the American fans, just a lot of the fans in general, it doesn't matter where you're from, um, they were just excited to see that fight. They wanted to see Yair versus Stevens. I mean... It more so in Mexico City because of Yair's ties and stuff, but, you know, Boston, I don't know, I mean, Boston's a good city too, so, in Boston, obviously, is headlined by Chris Weidman versus Dominic Reyes, Chris Weidman's side heavyweight debut, um, that'll be exciting, we'll talk about that in the, in the next coming weeks for when it, when it comes up a little bit closer, because why would you want to talk about something a lot more far out, I mean, when he gets closer to the fight, I think it makes a little bit more sense, but, yeah, like I said, Stevens versus Rodriguez is announced for that one, um, we got fights, obviously, this weekend that we didn't talk about, I don't think, in the last episode, but you'll see Copenhagen. We got a battle between two top prospects in the middleweight division. You know, the next big things that we can add to that huge middleweight ladder, that middleweight um, list of absolute killers. I mean, you got Paulo Costa, Israel Adesanya, obviously Robert Whitaker at the top of the list. Yoel Romero still in the mix still. Um, and Uriah Hall looked good. And... You know, Derek Brunson's in the mix. All these, I mean, uh, Jock Ray just moved up to 205 pounds, so I don't know, take him out of the list. But, you know, it, it's stacked, man. If you go and look at the middleweight division, Jack Hermanson and, and, and both Jared Cannonier are guys that both belong in that top 10 list. Obviously, I hate when they put two um, rising stars, rising prospects together. Um, I feel that Cannonier's a lot more well-known. Amongst average fans, considering the fact that he did fight at 205 pounds prior before 108, making the, the drop down 185 pounds, obviously looks shredded, looks fantastic. He's put on some exciting performances, some nasty performances. I mean, that win over David Branch, speaking of David Branch, um, we'll talk about him in a second as that comes up. Um, you know, but, you know, he's he's fought the likes of Glover to share. I mean, like I said, he knocked out David Branch. Um, he just beat Anderson Silva. I mean, he's looked good. He's dangerous. He has power. Definitely, like I said, he fought at heavyweight, man. Now he's a heavyweight down at middleweight. How crazy is that? And Jared Cannonier is, is I mean, is the example of, of, of what a ment ment mental mindset can really do to you. Like a, a mental mental strength and mental positivity what is that? that's what i was trying to say but that dude i think that dude used to be like 300 pounds or something like that but been the fact being at heavyweight fighting at heavyweight in the ufc then fighting at light heavyweight and then making the jump the drop down to 185 pounds he looks absolutely amazing so i mean like i said that fight with anderson silva a lot of people um drew 
through criticism his way and stuff and um and stuff like that but you know it was a win he did exactly the same thing obviously similarly to Chris Weidman except he kicked Anderson Silva's legs he buckled Anderson Silva's leg instead of like snapping it it was Anderson's leg wasn't broken or anything it was just nasty leg kick you know spelled the end of the fight and you know a win's a win you know he got another win he looked good He's really strong, he is powerful, he hits hard, and you know, he's quick too, man. Derek Cannonier looks real good at middleweight, real powerful. If he hits anybody on the chin, it's lights out. Um, quickly, we just go down the rest of this lineup. A couple other fights announced, uh, and then some other news. Um, Mauricio Shogun, who uh, I don't know, I think we talked about him not too long ago, returns um, against Sam Alvey at light heavyweight. A lot of people were speculating and thinking that Shogun was potentially retired. I didn't think he was retired. I just thought maybe he hadn't fought in a while. Um, you know, he was on formerly on a, a three-fight winning streak, and I think he just, did he just recently lose? Let me look. Doing the show as we speak. He, he, he. <laughs> okay, let me go. I'm going to pull up Shogun's uh, Wikipedia page. Look at me always going to Wikipedia. I need someone to go do th- I need to do someone to do this for me. It's, I'm, I get too lazy sometimes. I'm just kidding. Um, let me see. Shogun. Wik- I feel like he just lost because he's, he's one of those guys that was on a win streak, and not a lot of people realize that he was on a win streak. It's just like it was so quiet. And, you know, obviously he's a legend, and he's an older fighter, obviously, in, in this division. And, you know, obviously not a lot of people are talking about Shogun when you got guys like, you know, obviously when you could Cormier, you got John Jones, you got all these up-and-coming rising stars. You got Glover still in the mix. I mean, you got Johnny Walker, Corey Anderson, all these people chomping at the bit to get the next title shots. Yet you got Shogun, who's still at the very bottom. I obviously still at the very top of the heap, still in the top ten in two thousand and nineteen, considering how long Shogun's fought for. Um, Shogun just came off a win, so um, I was thinking of the Anthony Smith fight. So uh, Shogun fought Anthony Smith for him, and after having a three fight winning streak, so Shogun ran into Anthony Smith, had that three fight winning streak snapped but then came back in December of 2018 has fought since December of last year then and he's and he fought Tyson Pedro Tyson Pedro and he stopped him in third round 43 seconds in in Australia so Shogun's coming off a win so a lot of people I mean I don't think he made any intentions or said anything about his last fight being his last fight and that's I don't know why people are surprised and people are saying oh Shogun's coming back and like he never left I'm not convinced i don't think that he left like huh but you know i'd like this fight for him because at at this stage for sam alvey i think obviously sam has a couple wins over some really good guys and he's knocked out a lot of good guys and you know shogun has fought a lot of guys with knockout power man olvin st pru obviously um fought he fought rampage obviously had knockout power but you know we've seen how how those fights went um van should no shogun didn't fight vanderlei Shogun's fought Noguera. I mean, Shogun's fought everybody. That's the thing. He's and he's fought and been the best for a very long time. You know, he was the champion before John Jones was. I and mean, if you think how long John's been the champion, and then you know Cormier obviously sliding in there despite John's issues and stuff like that. And you know, Shogun was a man before John Jones. So Shogun was a champion. Obviously, didn't defend it long though. He beat Machida. Then he went and fought John Jones and instantly lost the belt to John. Obviously, that's no surprise considering. 
the dominance of John throughout this entire time. So Sam Alvey gets the opportunity to really, you know, add another legend to his, his list. Obviously, his win over Rashad Evans, a lot of people, you know, it's it's not a fight that comes to mind. Like, it was a split decision loss, and we talked about Rashad last episode, talking about Rashad losing to guys who were streaking, like like Rashad, for example, losing to Ryan Bader, losing to Glover to share. Those are no surprises. That's those are legitimate losses. And and you know, obviously like and, and you continue, he drops down 185 pounds and he's losing to dudes he shouldn't be losing to. Like, you know, losing to former champions or reigning defending champions and top ranked light heavyweights or middleweights or whoever is is, is a good thing. That, I mean, th that's no surprise. That's that's good for Rashad. Not really good for him, but what I mean by that is, you know, he's losing to the best of the best. But when you drop down and you start losing to people, you know, uh, you know, a 500 record, you know, someone who's not in the top 10, who doesn't have any championship level qualities. No disrespect to Sam Alvey or, or who's the dude, other dude that beat him, the Australian dude. Snapping my fingers, I think. Um, it's the dude trying to, it was the dude trying to get, one more fight in the UFC is Australian dude. Oh, Dan Kelly. Yeah, he's trying to get Dan Kelly and 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 Sam Alvey both beat Rashad by a split decision. Um, were weren't eventful fights, honestly, for Rashad. I mean, the fact that he lost him by split decision. That's that's the reason why. When I when we're gonna talk, see how, what I mean by digressing and talking about Rashad. That was kind of like the reason why I was behind Rashad, you know, being released from the UFC and going to fight elsewhere. Because I still he feel he has it against, you know, guys who are younger or maybe some, you know, old, maybe legend fights. Maybe he can go to Bellator and, you know, there's still some real good fights out there. Like I didn't necessarily think he was done. The fact that he's losing by split decision makes me feel like he only needs to tighten up a few things and really just get back to vintage Rashad Evans when he's had some tough fights in the UFC. And a tough cut a couple times, you know, obviously making that drop down 185 pounds that late in his career. But then him holding up, you know, looked amazing shape. You know, if you've watched his Instagrams, you've seen everything Rashad's been doing. He, he, he still looks to be in phenomenal shape, still has that quickness. He's quick. He's fast. He's athletic as always. Has been for a very long time. And if you look at, you know, what he's been saying about his new plant-based diet, I think it was or vegetable diet or vegan. I don't know. Just go watch his Instagram. Look at it in the news. You get what I mean. And, you know, he's coming back. I mean, you know, your mind, body, soul. If your body doesn't work, man, your mind can only get you so far. Especially if your body's shutting down on you and you don't have the right, you know, health going for you. You don't have the right nutrition. You're not doing things right. You're not you're not dieting properly and you're just eating horribly. If you don't do those things, your body's not going to work. And you have to be at the top of the heap when you're in this kind of game, when you're in the fight game. So going back to Sam Alvey, his win against Rashad was fairly uneventful. A lot of people, you know, it's just it was just a flip-flop fight. I really didn't really give a fuck. I mean, I, I kind of thought it was, it, a lot of fight fans thought it was real sad for for Rashad to lose against Sam, uh, Sam and both Dan Kelly, and you know, unfortunately, that that was the case for Rashad. But I do think he has a lot more in the tank and has a lot more to offer still in his career at forty. If you look at some of the guys that are fighting still that were forty, if you look at Dan Henderson, obviously, um, but you know, ooh, Dan Henderson was a fucking monster. Talk about hitting someone with some fucking power. Dan has some Justin Gaethje power, but more, you know, Justin has some 
Dan Henderson power. If you kind of look at that right hand he throws, it looks so fairly similar to the nasty one of Dan, nasty left and right of Dan Henderson. But um, going back to Sam Alvey, those are some notable wins for him. So he gets the opportunity to add another one to his list, both at light heavyweight. He can, he fought at middleweight before, but Sam is one of those guys that made the uh, the slow, not slow, but you know, kind of like. It wasn't too exciting of a debut. Oh, like, oh, Sam's moving up to 205 pounds. Sam's exciting, however, though. That's the thing. He's an awesome fighter. He's an interesting fighter. Like, I love watching Sam. I'm not saying, like, earlier I made it seem like I'm disrespecting. No, it's just he hasn't, he's not one of those guys that really, you know, hit his peak to the point where he's knocking on the door to be in a top 10 or a top, you know, maybe top 14 of the world or anything like that. Like I said, he's he's great. And, you know, every time I watch him fight, I'm thinking, he's going to knock this guy out. He's going to knock. He's going to knock whoever he's fighting out. And if he doesn't knock him out, I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, he's, like, known to knock people out. He's a smiling guy. He's smiling Sam Valley for, for a reason. Like, he, he smiles um, uh, and he knocks people out. He looks goofy, gets a haircut, gets a weird haircut, like, design shaved in the back of his head. I think it's chest hair, too, or something. And then he's just a goofy-looking guy, but boom, you blink. This guy's fights are over. Because he knocks everybody out. That's the type of people people like to see. And, you know, for Shogun, this is a perfect fight to really show how dominant he still is. Because Shogun's last fight against Pedro, that was dominant. He looked vicious. He looked nasty. Shogun has nasty ground and pound. That's how he won the title against Machida. He hurt Machida on the feet, got on top of him, pounded him out, and won the belt. I mean, I still remember that moment. Mike Goldberg was like, Mauricio Shogun is the new UFC light heavyweight champion. And then Shogun wins the title. I still remember the exact moments. I still like remember all the commentaries, everyone, how they sounded. I'll, I always talk about it. I was like, I'll never forget Mike when he talked, when, when Michael Bisping won the belt. That was like one of the best moments ever. I was like, that's the reason why Mike Goldberg forever will be a legend because of the fact that he has been a part of some of the biggest moments in UFC history and stuff. I mean, Vitor, the Vitor Anderson head kick, knockout, I mean, those are vintage, man. So he's definitely been a part of the UFC history. Shout out to Mike Goldberg. So, um, yeah, back to Sam Alvey and Shogun. Um, Shogun, like I said, has power on his feet. Nasty Muay Thai. You know, obviously, one of the nastiest strikers we have, we have had for a very long time. I actually have a, as cool as it sounds, I actually have, a, I might actually take a picture of it and post it later on, but I'm looking at it as we speak. I have a Shogun Pride doll, like from Pride. It's, um, it's actually, let me, I actually have it in my hand as we're speaking. Um, I forgot, I almost forgot, but yeah, it's a, from the Pride days. He has a Pride gloves and stuff, and he still has a Shogun tattoos. It's so fucking badass. I'll post a picture of it later on today, but yeah, I mean, he's been fighting forever, and he's vicious, and he's nasty, so, I mean, like I said, he's still one of the dangerous, most dangerous guys at the top of the heap, but he hasn't fought the, the top best guys like, you know, the streaking guys, like the Dominic Reyes's and, you know, like the Johnny Walker. So Shogun is, is, is a veteran in this division, man. He's been fighting longer than anybody probably has in that whole division other than Noguera. I mean, but if you look at the light heavyweight division, he's been there for this entire time. And he's still been in the top 10, obviously was in the was a number 11 at one point in time. But, you know, he masked and went on that three fight winning streak and was stopped by Anthony Smith. There's no there's no shame in that because you look at Anthony Smith and what he was able to do after that you know going to fight for the title and you know coming back being Gustafson looking amazing in that one and 
he's one of those guys also made a resurgence late in his career. Like I said, it's never too late in your career to make a resurgence. That's why I can't question people when they come back from retirement. That's my exact reason why I can't fully question, unless, unless they're just getting not, like Chuck Liddell, for example, I didn't, he did not need to come back, okay, stay the fuck retired, please, there's no hope, there's nothing, there's nothing for you in the sport, in my opinion, that's my humble opinion, I'm so sorry, I don't mean to come off as an asshole or anything, but please, stay retired, that's a perfect example, but when you got guys that, you know, are sidelined due to injuries, I mean, Dominic Cruz, look how long he's been out, People contemplated him to retire, saying that his body just can't hold up anymore. But what does he do? He comes back after three-plus years and some change. First time I used that little phrase, by the way, and some change. I've been hearing that everywhere. Yeah, he comes back four years, three years, and he comes back and looks better than he did before. Gets a finish. Gets Takeo Mizugaki. Comes back. Beats TJ Dillashaw. Obviously loses to Cody, but he's been out ever since. And you know, But a lot of these fighters coming back and... You know, from retirement and stuff. I mean, it gives. I mean, you can say what you want about like the whole money thing, and or if they're coming back for money or whatever it is. But you know, skill wise, if I do see that people still have skill, like Augustuson, Alexander Augustuson still has skill. He still has what it takes to be a world champion, and still is a top tier guy at two hundred and five pounds. That two hundred five pound division isn't the same without Augustuson, despite the fact that he didn't beat John Jones twice, the fact that he didn't beat DC, but DC no longer is at light heavyweight, so you don't have to worry about that. But Augustuson against a lot of these other good guys, you know, Johnny Walker, Dominic Reyes, Chris Weidman. I mean, Luke Rockhold's in that division as well. Jan Blahovich, how can we how can we uh, forget about him? Um, and obviously it's Tiago Santos who had the closest fight with John Jones to date that wasn't named Alexander Gustafson. There's still a lot of good guys out there and a lot of good guys for Alexander to still fight. So there's sick for him, even though he retired, he's talking about coming back. I mean, Rumble Johnson coming back. Those are guys that I didn't feel were, were done or anything on any stretch of the imagination. I just, their minds weren't in it and you know, they just weren't feeling it. You know, you know Gustafson's case, obviously. Rumble just said he was good at it. I mean, he was good at it, but he didn't really necessarily love doing it. But, you know, obviously we kind of got the, the itch of, for him to come back and stuff. And, you know, we kind of seen it through his, like, his post and stuff. And, you know, we eventually got the word that he was coming back. Obviously, has to get in the USADA pool. was huge as hell at one point. If you remember post, uh, post-UFC, he was super jacked, super muscular, man. He looked like a fucking bodybuilder. Uh, was he doing that for, like, the longest time or something? But I don't think so. But, um, so fighters coming back, man. Like I said, when people like that, I, I can't commit to them coming, like, not coming back. Like, I, if they stay retired, they stay retired. But then, you know, when these guys come back and stuff, it's almost like, you know what? If they're coming back, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about fun fights for them. I'm going to think of positive solutions for them to be successful in their fighting career and potential scenarios that could play out throughout their fight career instead of being negative and talking about, oh, he's done. He's coming back for money. Oh, he he, uh, he should have stayed away. Um, all this other bullshit, man. But, hey, there are certain cases where you can say that. And I was a little uncomfortable at one point. But I really started to think about Rashad's last couple fights. And, you know, those split decision losses and stuff like that. I didn't necessarily think he was done, man. Split decision. And that's better than getting knocked out by these dudes. I mean, he wasn't getting knocked out at 185 pounds. I mean, Sam Alvey has power. Rashad was able to take that one. Um... 
But, you know, like I said, can't wait. I mean, wherever Rashad lines up at perfectly, I think it, it would be perfect for him to fight in uh, Bellator. Obviously, if you got you got guy you got all the notable guys and females there and post UFC fighters there and people who did absolutely amazing Hall of Famers, great fighters. Um, Ryan Bader, obviously top tier light heavyweight still in his absolute prime over in Bellator. I mean, you got Rashad. You know, Rashad can make that jump or you know fight in 185 or 205 pounds. He looks a lot tinier, so my guess would be that he would be fighting potentially at 185 pounds. I think, but yeah, that's interesting. Like I said. I have to keep my mind completely open and stuff to, um, you know, open all possibilities. That's what you got to do. This this mixed martial arts world is unpredictable, so you never know what's going to happen. Okay, um, some other news that was breaking. Obviously, few, I mean, it's kind of, it's not news to me, but I, I, and then I don't think it's news to anyone else, but it was news officially. Dana White said that uh, has said that um, UFC former UFC. Lightweight, welterweight, UFC Hall of Fame, BJ Penn is officially released from UFC. If you follow the news, if you follow TMZ, you've seen BJ Penn involved in several bar fights. I've heard of some domestic abuse and in the past, you know, from his wife. And, 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 you know, he just had a really troubled past outside the octagon. Very successful in the octagon. Had an amazing career. Still, I mean, obviously has... Didn't fight not too long. I mean, has fought not too long ago. Not counting the stupid bar fights, but professionally, he just he recently fought not too long ago. But you know, obviously, he's been on that amazing, not amazing, cause he's the least amazing, like seven plus losing streak. Hasn't won the fights. Won a fight since knocking out Matt Hughes in in two thousand and ten, dude. Two thousand and ten, he hasn't won a fight in nearly ten plus years almost. Um, but he was released officially. Um, I gave my thoughts on that probably like a few weeks ago, I think. I don't remember the exact episode that I gave my thoughts on. But uh, I thought another thing is, as I did say, like uh, talking about fires being retired and shit like that earlier. I mean, BJ Penn just gets getting beaten up and battered and just looked a lot slower in his last fight. was looked quick, Clay Guida. But I think maybe if he fights someone... I don't know, man. It's just nowadays even over in Bellator. It just seems like they have young, hungry studs and, and smart fighters and, and people, you know, that you got to really watch out for. That's why I'm saying, like, all these fighters are not all not all the best fighters in the UFC. There's, there's too shallow of room in the UFC for every single damn good fighter in the world to be in there because, you know, you, know, you just never know. That's like one limited thought, thinking only the best fighters in the, in the UFC. That's, that's one-sided. You can only think that that's like only thinking ten percent of what you could think of a hundred. Like, so, I mean, like I said, I don't know what could be next for BJ Penn. Obviously, I think if he gets wants the itch to fight, and knowing knowingly that the fact that he's been released from the UFC, all these other MMA promotions are gonna try to scoop him up, cause they know, in their head of heart, their heart of hearts. They've heard the stories. It's been in the news. He likes to fight. And a guy that likes to fight. And a guy that can bring them more views. More attention. More people watching than ever. If you think about it. Hey. Let's put that, in, put that into perspective right now. Win, lose, or draw. For BJ Penn, everyone's going to watch him. For many different reasons. 
because the haters, the naysayers, the people who don't think he should be fighting or think he just physically doesn't have the skills and is way past his prime are still going to watch it either to be wowed, shocked, or to continue writing stories about how BJ Penn continues to fight after getting beaten up, getting battered. Oh, BJ Penn gets knocked out. Oh, BJ Penn is this. BJ Penn is that. Oh, that people are going to find reasons to write negative about him, to continue to trash, tarnish, say he's tarnished his legacy, not fully think it through. His legacy is his legacy. This is a story of many fighters having these kinds of, you know, unfortunate things going on in the background. I mean, Mike Tyson had his troubles. Everybody's had their troubles. Can't think of a boxer, MMA fighter who hasn't had their troubles that was greatest or wasn't one of the greatest of all time. That hasn't done something that's bad, that's tarnished, somewhat ruined something that they've done in their careers. Like, you know, failing drug tests. You know, great greatest fighters of all time. John Jones, obviously, greatest fighter of all time. Failed drug test. I mean, obviously, like, I, I, that was, like, that wasn't one of the few, but there's been a lot of damn good fighters that we've watched either in Pride, um, obviously in the UFC and other organizations and stuff, failed drug tests, tarnishes their legacy and stuff. Um, but, you know, obviously there's I mean, there's a couple of UFC fighters too and, and some people that were close in the UFC and Bellator and um, some other organizations that have been associated with them that have gone to jail or have domestic violence or domestic abuse and, and lots of jail time and charges and stuff, some serious charges, serious accusations against them outside of the UFC, and yet they've been UFC fighters or still been allowed to fight or they've been released because of the fact that they've been associated to those crimes and stuff. So, um, you know, whoa, wait, what the fuck were we talking about? I never get in talking about crime. Oh, yeah, um, so, like I said, for BJ Penn, like I said, he, he's no perfect soldier. Say what you want. I mean, for me, in my head, regardless of what he does now, unfortunately, you know, his legacy was still never tarnished. What he does now doesn't affect the fact that he won the lightweight belt, defended it multiple times, won the welterweight belt. doesn't change the fact that he's a Hall of Famer. doesn't change anything of what he's accomplished. People saying, that's like the most annoying thing when people say it, say that shit. Tarnished, oh, he tarnished her legacy. Oh, she tarnished her legacy. Shut up. Just shut up. Makes no sense. That's like saying, I didn't, like, say you, say you win championships, or you win gold medals, or you wrote a book, or you wrote a, or you started in a movie, or you won a million dollars. Just because you, you always be known as that person who won those things and won those million dollars or won whatever it is or accomplished whatever to people. To the right people, you will always be remembered for what you did. Just because you mess up later on in life or do things later on in life that may, it never destroys truly to a passionate fan or a passionate person what you've done, done in the past. That's the way you should look at it. So, I mean, that like I said, that's just so annoying. So, for me, like I said, Let's bring up the positive vibes and talk about what could potentially be the next scenario for BJ Penn. Um, like I said, you can fight over in Bellator. <laughs> Look at me urging all the all certain fighters to go over to Bellator. I mean, I love Bellator. That's the thing. They, they produce a lot of talent, and there's a lot of shows. And, you know, Bellator is essentially Strikeforce into 2000, 
2019-2020 era. I mean, they're doing absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm learning so much more about a lot of their fighters. They're pushing a lot of really good fighters. James Gallagher looks great. Um, you know, this featherweight tournament they got, Patricio Pitbull is finally getting a lot of recognition. You know, I thought definitely he was one of the most scary featherweights outside of the UFC. A guy who I definitely thought should have been in the UFC a long time ago. And, you know, obviously, like I said, he's one of those guys that you just, damn, this is a damn good guy. Why isn't he in the UFC? That's what I was thinking back then. But, you know, now he's doing his thing over in Bellator. Both the Pitbull brothers. I mean, the fact that they get to fight over in Ryzen occasionally and participate in tournaments. Ryan Bader getting the potential opportunity to fight over in Bell in the in the uh, Ryzen tournament for another belt. That shit's exciting. And getting clauses to do boxing matches and stuff like that and being the um, kickboxing tournaments. Bellator has it made, man. I'm, free, I'm definitely on the train, so I'm not mad at the fact that I keep suggesting these guys going over to Bellator because guys like Rashad, guys like BJ Penn, and, and, you know, obviously you look at a lot of other guys, there's a fight card headlined by Benson Henderson and Miles Jury as well, former UFC fighters. I mean, Rampage is over there. Tito Ortiz fought there. Um, Roy McDonald's a champion there. Gegard Mousasi, Lyoto Machida, Czech Congo's there. I mean, there's there's a handful of UFC guys over there having continued success. Say what you want about Congo, for example. He's had continued success over there, too. Tito had success over there, too. One of the prime examples of, you know, your body shutting down and you can really come back if you get your mind, body, and soul right. Tito came back and proved that they say is wrong and still continue will do that. Continual will continue, excuse me, to do that when he smashes Alberto Del Rio in Combati Americas. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I don't even know if that was like the most horrible accent ever. But um, yeah, so going back to Bellator and BJ Penn, you know, I feel that Bellator has so many different angles, options, and fights that I think they can definitely do that, man. Like I said, if they do Bellator Hawaii with Alima Lay McFarlane, the Bellator women's flyweight champion. I mean, she looks up to BJ Penn and, you know, obviously, and, you know, that's one of her biggest idols and one of her most, you know, obviously one of the most well-known fighters and most beloved fighters in the world and in the, and in Hawaii and on all of combat sports. Like I said, that's why everyone's so negative about a lot of things. Obviously, like I said, the videos, the street fights and, you know, alleged, you know, domestic abuse and all this other stuff is horrible, man. It's terrible. It's bad to be associated with it. It's bad to have that attached. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an ugly look, honestly. It truly is. But if fighting in the cage, keeps him out of trouble outside the cage, you know, having training camps, getting ready, having something to look forward to every day, teaching people, coaching kids, coaching other fighters, helping other people get ready for fights. If you can stay occupied, then keep him out of the cage, then why not suggest the best things for him, right? BJ Penn should fight. I think he, he, he I think Bellator could offer him something good. Um, I don't want to see him fight anywhere else because it, it doesn't generate interest. Because I think of Bellator Hawaii and stuff and everything that's tied to them. I think that that could be beneficial for him. So if he can get back on track, now he's entered free agency. I mean, my next thing would be to, you know, hopefully vouch that he fights over in Bellator. Or, or, or you know, no, I want to see him fight. Because I don't want to see him in the news for anything like this. Jail time. Um, 
being in another bar fights, getting knocked out cold in street fights by losers. I don't want to see that. I want to see him fighting. I want to see him beat somebody. My my thing is, I just want to see him get one more win. Or get a win. I, I just don't want to see him in trouble because, you know, it shatters my heart to think about all these great fighters going through all these different things outside the cage. And, you know, I like to promote positivity, man. I don't like to get on the negative train like a lot of these fans do and, and people and, you know, shaming fighters or, you know, dumbass remarks like, like what Paulo Costa said about Jeremy Stevens. Oh, we don't we shouldn't belong in the UFC. First and foremost, dude, he has like 90% more fights than you do. And has had more wins in the octagon and finishes than you have in your entire career. Double the amount. So saying Stevens doesn't belong in the UFC, dude, go fuck yourself. Steroid machine. Um, going, okay. We have another rematch. Machida versus Musasi 2 over in Bellator. That's awesome, exciting. First fight, kind of, I feel like Machida just was Machida against Musasi. Hard to figure out. You know, obviously, as elusive movement, hard to catch, quick on his feet, blinding fat, f- blinding front kicks from nowhere, flying knees. Machida beat the fuck out of Chael Sonnen. Who would have thought that happened? The way Machida handled Chael, damn. Pretty crazy. Do you see the way John roasted Chael Sonnen on Instagram? Like, John Jones, obviously, talking about the UFC light heavyweight champion. Um... He said, like, something about Chael having the, the, like, he remember doing, he did the same exact thing to Chael or something, you know, Chael turtled up and, and covered up, and, and John commented on that or something, that shit was so fucking funny, dude. John, John is like a fucking low-key savage. He, he, like, when he roasts somebody, it's like, dude, you just got roasted by John, John Jones, how the fuck can you go against anything, how, how the fuck can you try to get back at John other than talking about the stupid USADA shit, man. John's the best damn fighter and the most badass fighter in the whole and all of the UFC, so pretty funny. Um, but yeah, Machida versus Musashi too. First fight was, um, you know, obviously handled by Machida. Musashi obviously said that he thought Machida was greasing in that fight, if you remember that. And, you know, going from there, now they have a rematch. Over in Bellator. Pretty exciting. Like I said, the the card for Bellator looks absolutely exciting. So I'm going to watch it. I just need the start times and stuff. <laughs> I think, is there one today? I think, is uh, I'm going to look. Because if, if, if so, I'm going to watch it. Because Bellator is doing two events in two days, right? I think they, yeah, they are. So let me look. I'm just going to pull up Bellator's. I'm so high. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Um, Bellator. Yeah, Friday, September 27th. Yeah, today's um, fight card is Benson Henderson versus Miles Jury. Pretty exciting, man. Um, I'm really excited to see this fight happen. Uh, it's going to be on the Paramount Network, so that'll be pretty cool. Um... Wow, their the video looks good. The promotion for it looks absolutely amazing. So today's fight card, okay. Um, let's see if I know know anybody on this fight card other than them. Um Oh. Wait, wait, what? 
Wait, this shit's confusing as fuck. What the fuck? Wait, what the fuck? Are you guys... Like, have, I wonder if anyone's ever seen this the way they, they structure this shit. It says Bellator 227 main card, Friday, September 27th. Um, main event, lightweight, obviously. Middleweight. But then James Gallagher, I thought they're... Are they doing like a... What are they doing? Because there's Bellator in Dublin. Um, and where's this one at? Is this one in Dublin too? Wait, am I just high? Am I on crack? Oh, I'm, I'm, I must be on crack or something. But they're both in Dublin. But why do they say there's two two fight cards? It's, wait, it says it's fight day. Here's how to watch the Bellator Dublin and Bellator 227 in the US, U.S. Bellator Dublin goes live on the Bellator app at prelim starting at 11.45 a.m. 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Main card 5.05 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's a couple hours sooner in the U.S. Or not U.S., excuse me, in uh, the, the Pacific Time. So, um... So I, I just want to watch the whole card, man. I don't want to flip-flop or do nothing like that. That's the thing. Um, but, yeah, I will be watching that. I got hella confused for a second, dude. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I th oh, so the main event is... Uh, is The main the main event is uh, Henderson versus Jury. Okay. But why does it seem like Gallagher is the main event? Why isn't he the main event? Maybe it is a main event. I don't know. Pretty interesting, though. I'm going to watch it, definitely. Okay, so going back to... Let's go back to UFC Copenhagen. Ugh, I'm tired. It's like I said, it's early morning. Um, Jared Cannonier, like I said, versus Jack Hermanson. I heard the interview with Hermanson on Ariel's show. He seems like he reminds me of Gustafson a little bit and really humble, really respectful guy. He really obviously has a lot of skills. Beat Jacare in his last fight. You know, that's no slouch, and that's a huge victory in his book. Um, and, you know, he's looked good too. Um, let me pull up Hermanson's Wikipedia page. Just so you can give him props for the fights. I mean, is that bad that I don't know who? I don't really. I mean, no one knows, probably, if you're a casual fan. I'm not saying I'm a casual fan, but I just. He wasn't on the radar and, you know, in my head, basically. It's not a bad thing, man. I'm just got to know more about him. That's the thing. He beat David Branch. I remember that. Cage Warriors champion. Swedish. Like I said, he reminds me of Gustafsson a lot. He has that, like, soft, respectful voice. He's real good. He's, he's tall. He's lengthy. He... Obviously, oh, he's fought a lot of really good guys. That's the thing. Okay, so his, uh, let's see. He lost, his last time his lo he lost was uh, against Tiago Santos on uh, the Brunson versus Leota Machida card on October 28, 2017. He lost, it was TKO body kick and punches by Tiago Santos. But ever since then, he's beaten Talis Latis. He stopped Talis Latis. Um, he choked out Gerald Mirchart. Submitted David Branch earlier this year. Um, and just recently beat 
Jacare Souza. So he's he, he slowly but surely creeped up the UFC ladder. So that's why I said if um like it's not a shame that I didn't know really too much about him because he's slowly but surely just climbing up the ladder. But let me see. Let me pull up uh let me pull up his opponent. I mean, because I feel like if he comes to experience wise and who's fought more crazy opponent, uh, not crazy opponents, but more um, notable opponents, I say we could go to um, we could talk about the guys that Jared's fought because Jared has fought some real good guys. Cannoneer, yeah, Jared Cannoneer. Let me pull it up. Yeah, just just be Anderson Silva. Weigh-in results are I guess the weigh-ins are going right now. He's thirty five. Only he has two losses by knockout, two losses by decision. Cool. Just be yeah, I said just be Anderson Silva. He stopped David Branch, um, at, and you know obviously he's fought a lot of real good guys, man. He he's fought heavyweight Sean Jordan, big guy, big big guy. Lost that fight by knockout, uh, and then beat Cyril Asker. Good win over Ion Kuntilava. Lost to Glover Teixeira. Lost to Jan Blahovich. Um, lost against Dominic Reyes. You know, those are at light heavyweight. Obviously, those didn't go too well for him, which amassed a drop to uh, 185 pounds, where he stopped David Branch um, and stopped Anderson Silva. So let's go. Let's get over David Branch then, since we're talking about it. He fails his USADA test, parts ways with uh, Ali Alabdelaziz's uh management team, um, and, you know, he follows the USADA test and gets two years, and was released from the UFC, damn, that's just crazy, he's fought in the UFC a long-ass time ago, too, damn, so let me just read this, Branch has gone had two ten years and this is a uh, by um written by uh Tim Burke um of bloodyelbow.com. I'm just reading this real quick. Branch has had two ten years in the UFC, going four four and five overall, two and two and three in his last stretch. He came over from the World Series of Fighting, where he was a champion both at middleweight and light heavyweight. He uh he picked up a nice TKO win over Tiago Santos, but was stopped in his last two bouts. He had been scheduled to fight Andrew, to fight Andrew Sanchez at UFC Vancouver last weekend, but was pulled from the bout late, um, after failing a, out a competition test for IPA morline, a growth hormone, in Branch is not eligible to fight again until July of 2021. If he goes overseas, the likelihood that his suspension will not be honored due to the lack of commission oversight. But if but if he wants to fight in North America again, he will likely have to wait till he's 40 years old. Hey, 40 years old, everyone's still fighting at 40 years old, so it won't be that bad. Obviously, like I said, I don't know what the hell happened. I know he parted ways with his uh, management team as well. Um, but David Branch, man, are you really kidding me, man? I don't give a fuck. Who gives a fuck? They act like he was going to challenge for the belt anytime soon. I mean, a lot of people were going crazy over that. I mean, 40 years old. Obviously, he's beaten a lot of good guys, too. He's fought in the UFC. Fought Paulo Vila. Beat Paulo Vila. Um, 
He didn't beat Paul Filo. He's fought, in, he's fought Anthony Johnson, Brucey Maul, Paul Harris, Dominic Steele, Jesse Taylor, Yushin Okami, Clifford Starks, Vinny Magalish, Christoph Jotko, Luis Taylor, Tiago Santos. He he folded Tiago Santos like a like a lawn chair. That's why you guys you guys better put some respect on David Branch's name. I remember that fight perfectly. That was that was a good fight. That was fun. He folded Tiago up like a like a lawn chair, man. He knocked him the fuck out. That's why I was like, damn, I love him. MMA is so good. Like, fuck, it sucks, man. David Branch is awesome. I like his uh his promo to get the Luke Rockhold fight and his promo to get the if you remember the videos and stuff that he made for the trying to get the Jacare fights and the uh <laughs> that shit is so cool, dude. And he had his whole squad doing the whole Jacare clamp or whatever it was. The little the little connecting your hands together. That shit was so cool. Man, fuck you, Sada. <laughs> I don't care. I mean they should have all a league where everyone just fights everyone on steroids. Therefore you can't you can't uh you can't get mad at them. You can't get mad at anybody for failing test. That's just hilarious, man. We're gonna quick a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we're back, folks. Hope you enjoy that quick little break. I just came across the best motherfucking news of the motherfucking day, live on episode two hundred and three of Kicking It with the King. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Disney and Sony have reached an agreement to keep Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the MCU for a bit longer. The third film in the Spider-Man far the third film in the Spider-Man Homecoming series is scheduled for release on July 16th, 2021, baby. Yeah. <laughs> So excited. If you remember everything that happened with that, um, Spider-Man got yanked from the MCU because Disney and Sony failed to make an agreement. So we were harping on that. We were hurt by that. We were we were missing Spider-Man in the MCU. Spider-Man was a huge part, obviously, of the Avengers. Um, you know, obviously, he was in Civil War, and you know, he did Spider-Man: Homecoming and Spider-Man: Far From Home, and you know, obviously, Endgame as well. You know, um, so that's just so fucking awesome. Yeah, motherfucker. That's fucking awesome. So who's going to be the director? And ooh, so that's pretty exciting. Now that there, that, that was released, um, over an hour ago. So that's new news, new news. But my favorite thing is because when I go on YouTube, I have a lot of accounts that I follow that break down stuff like, you know, um, the Easter eggs of like, say, like, for example, like the new Avengers movie comes out and they have Easter eggs, you know, top 10 things you missed and all those fun videos and stuff like that. Um, it, they break everything down. So now it gives me something more to watch on YouTube. as a series and stuff. It's pretty exciting. I can't wait to see what they have to say about that and all the breaking news. So that's probably what I'll do after this. But that's pretty exciting, man. That, that was awesome. Um, I seen something on, uh, I was just, it was trending on Twitter. It said movies, so I want to see what everyone else says about it. Like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fucking awesome, dude. Awesome. That's awesome. I, I was really glad. 
Uh, I'm really, really glad to see that. I'm just looking at all this stuff right now. Everyone's celebrating now. I'm fucking excited. I'm excited and I just can't hide it. Bitches. All right. That's awesome. Okay. Happy birthday to little Wayne. Turns, uh, how old the fuck, how old the fuck old is little Wayne? Uh, I don't fucking know. Uh, how old is little Wayne? It's the world star. Tell me. Uh. I don't know. Little Wayne's been little ever since I was little. So Shakira and J-Lo will be performing at the Super Bowl in Miami. Wow. 2-2-20. So February 2nd, 2020 of next year. Man, I've been a fan of Shakira since I was little. That was like one of my first biggest crushes ever. Don't worry. It's just a celebrity crush. Just saying. And also, it's another happy birthday to Jeanette Paltrow, a.k.a. Pepper Potts. Um, that's fucking awesome, though. I'm so stoked off that shit, man. Ooh, very devastating. But um, Olympic judo, hopeful Jack Hatton, dies at age 24. Jeez. The judo company is paying tribute to Jack Hatton, who died days after his 24th birthday. One of his coaches said Hatton had been months away from joining the U.S. Olympic judo team. Damn, dude. Jack was one of the top judo American judo players and was a multi, multi-time medalist for USA judo in various competitions around the globe. Jack made an inedible, inedible mark on all who had the pleasure of knowing him and we will not be forgotten. Devastating. So what happened? Oof. Quoted Edgar, Edgar, quoted by Edgar Ramirez on Twitter at ERAM631. He seemed happy with no signs of depression. Ah, here we are. But one of the last searches on his phone was looking for mental health assistance. He was seeking help. We just had no idea. That's why he said, like, you never know what these athletes are going through and all that. Some of the best fighters, best athletes in the world, most promising athletes in the world are are, are people that are simply going through things like that. Like I said, that's why I don't sit and freaking trash fighters, man, and say they don't belong in the UFC or dealing with, say, that, oh, you suck or you don't belong here. I may not disagree with the antics and, and things they may do and stuff, but it's not that I hate them or anything because you never know what they're going through, man. So uh, I'm not going to read this entire thing. He loved the sport. I didn't know anybody who didn't love Jack, quoted by Jimmy Pedro, one of his coaches, said in a telephone interview. He was a kind soul, great person. You guys probably don't even know what I'm talking about, so I mean, that's a scene like Devastating. Really devastating for combat world community, obviously. Um, very devastating. That's very devastating. World champion at, at judo, for sure. On his way to joining the U.S. US judo team. Jeez. Okay, moving on. Let's see what else we got. I don't pay attention to politics. I don't believe a damn thing I see on the internet. So I'm not going to talk about that. (laughs) 
I'm pretty sure you guys can get that. I think you'll find that Shogun retired after beating Machida for the strap. I don't think there's anything else trending. We're just chilling. Having fun. Definitely. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's trending on Instagram as well. That Spider-Man is, is back. Pretty awesome. All right. Yep. Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures reach a brand new deal. And a third Spider-Man MCU movie will hit cinemas July 16th, 2021. I'm going to comment on that. Fuck yes, baby. Hands up emoji. Follow me on Instagram at GTheKingMMA. Um, ooh. Fucking awesome, dude. Alright. Anything else today? Let me see. Anything else here on this episode? much think we covered everything. Nearly get to fight picks, I guess. I'm just gonna go with Jack Hermanson. No reason at all. I just think like his body of work, his streak, the fact that he hasn't it's been a lot longer since he has lost. I don't know. An MMA can happen though. I mean Cannoneer's beast hits hard. No nasty kicks. Somewhat has made a, uh, a resurgence in his last couple fights, essentially. You know, the fact that he beat Anderson Silva, that's a big thing for him. I mean, it definitely shows that he's right up there. So, I mean, I'm going to sit there and um, I think I'm comfortable with picking Cannoneer or maybe the best man win because it's honestly really hard for me to break down fights specific to these ones and stuff because of the fact that... Um, you know, there are two prospects in that division, and they're the next best thing for that division to add to the crazy list of top-tier middleweights. So, I mean, the best man went to that one. Um, for me, obviously, like I said, it's Friday. Not really going to do anything. Obviously going to watch Bellator today. And, you know, keep up with it. Watch Bellator tomorrow. Or, no, Bellator today. And I think... There's UFC, obviously, tomorrow, too, so the weekend will be jam-packed. I'm going to relax. This weekend was real long. Obviously, we did. We came off the show on Tuesday, and then before Tuesday, we had the show on Sunday. So we had one on Sunday, then Monday, and then we had that one on Tuesday. And 
Now we have this episode. Wait, am I right? Yeah, because we had the episode, the special edition episode on Sunday. And then Tuesday, yeah, we came back. It was my update, yeah, my updated thoughts on the situation that happened in UFC Mexico. And now here we are here on Friday. So we've been consistent back to back. Definitely been excited. Man, I love all you guys. I love every single one of you guys. You know who I'm talking about. All you guys. Much love to everyone for all these constant shows. And yeah, we're going to continue to keep doing it. Maybe something emphatic happens in the main event or in somewhere in UFC Copenhagen and stuff. Um, because it's a stacked car, dude, literally. Let's look at it, actually, because I was um, hearing Helwani talk about it. Um, the, the the card's actually pretty fucking stacked, so it's a good card. A lot, good Bellator show today. Um, good UFC tomorrow. So we're not going to see that. UFC Copenhagen. It's going to look at that. It's a really good card. Pulling it up. For the first time ever. No. I'm trying to look at the lineup. I'm not trying to look at that. I'm trying to see. I know I just know it's fucking stacked. I remember hearing about it and I don't want to miss it. Okay, so we got main event. Jack Hermanson versus Jerry Cannonier. Mark Madsen versus Danielle Ballardo. Gunnar Nelson versus Gilbert Burns. Ion Kuntilaba versus Khalil Roundtree. Ooh, wow. Michael Olias Juk versus Olven St. Prue. Returning Nicholas Dalby versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Undercover, undercard, excuse me. John Phillips versus Ad, Alan Admendovsky. Alessio de Chirico versus Mal Mahmud Muradov, Sierra Bahadurzada versus Ismail Naridov, Brandon Davis versus Chiga Chiglat. I can't even pronounce some of these fucking names. Macy Chayasun versus Lena Landsberg, Lando Venata versus Mark Takezi, Jack Shore versus Nolene Hernandez. Great card. I mean, solid card. I mean, it's like a classic Fox card back in the day, but it's a classic ESPN card. Great fight night. Um, excited for it. Obviously, like I said, Bellator is doing good, too. A lot of great stuff coming up for them. So, yeah, like I said, my, my weekends is going to be full of fights, hanging out with loved ones, you know, talking to my girl, every just hanging out with her, um, and just having a good time, man, just chilling. Like I said, that's all we do. <laughs> that's literally all we do is here is chill and relax and have fun with everything because, you know, that's what the show's all about. That's what we all do. You know, uh, like I said, I want to put on the, the best shows. I want to do some of the best things and, you know, continue to keep doing that. Like I said, the fact that we're back to back to back like this shows that, you know, it's, it's better. Getting more comfortable, getting more well-known, getting more people to realize that. Like I said, appreciate each and every one of you guys genuinely for joining in, for tuning in. Um definitely blessed and continual continuously continue to put out the best shows the most shows and the most you know obviously the best of my the best content obviously like i said something crazy happens in that fight card we'll have a post show and do some special things with that too um as well as as a lot of other great stuff coming up so i can't wait for that like i said i appreciate you guys for joining us here on episode 
203 of Kicking with the King. Like I said, my name is Gabe Hernandez. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at G the King MMA, Snapchat G Meeker underscore MMA. Still the same. Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez. One more time, if you're looking to start a podcast, put yourself out there to the masses, to the world. Thousands of people can access your podcast directly if you sign up www.anchor.fm slash start to start your own podcast. You can download it in the App Store. We're in, we're in the new times, 2019, 2020. Everyone has a smartphone. Everyone has an iPhone. Everyone has an Android. Just pull it out. Type it in. Anchor Radio. Download it for free. Create your account for free. Distribute your podcast 100% free. It's automatically distributed throughout the masses. You don't have to worry about it being not being available on certain platforms. It's available anywhere you get your podcast. Anchor.fm slash MMA show to access my main podcast page and so forth, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, three episodes essentially in one week, three episodes in seven days actually, Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday. So essentially one week we did three episodes. So congrats to that. That's a milestone and definitely excited for that, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back sooner rather than later. <laughs> you thought I was going to say next week, but nah, sooner rather than later, because all these brand new episodes that keep coming out of nowhere. We'll be back sooner rather than later, ladies and gentlemen. See you next time.